0: Hello and welcome to Allegheny County Libraries. Let's Get Lit. Well, This is where we talk about exciting titles so you, our patrons, can know what to read next. We will be talking about hot new titles to the library and also still burning titles, which may be older, but are ones we have loved. Let's Get Lit is available in video format on the ACLS YouTube as well as in podcast format on Apple, Google, and Spotify, so you can subscribe for updates when we release new episodes. Let's Get Lit will be bi-monthly, and we would love your feedback as we do this. Contact information will be in the description as well as at the end of the episode. Any titles mentioned will have links to our catalog in the description as well. Now, let's get lit. I'm
1: Allie. I'm Shane. I'm Liz. I'm
2: Laura. And we are starting with our March movie madness today. This will be a two-part, two-part podcast.
1: Let the madness begin. Let
2: the madness begin. Well, Shane, you had the question, sir, so let's start.
1: Uh, first topic would be, which book would you like to see adapted into a movie or series? Or one that needs to be readapted because the first one sucked.
2: I mean, there's a lot of those, and don't even start about Stephen King right now, Shane, because I feel like you will. No. But this is, no, this is exciting, so I'm going to plug a book quick. One of my favorite authors is Louis Bayard, and he does, like, alternate history or historical mysteries. And my favorite book that he's ever written is called The Pale Blue Eye, and it's about when Poe was a cadet at West Point. Yes, Poe was a cadet at West Point, just let that sink in for a little bit. In actual life, um, before he was a writer. So the mystery is that there are um, cadets being murdered at West Point. The detective comes and Poe helps them solve the murders. And I was looking at Louis Bayard's uh, website yesterday, and they're actually going to make The Pale Blue Eye into a movie. And Christian Bale's going to play the lead role. So I'm, I hope he doesn't yell at everybody on set, but other than that, I think it's going to be really good. The
1: person that Christian Bale was yelling at yes. was notorious for messing up on set. Just throwing that out.
2: Oh, there. I did not know yeah, that Shane would have feelings <laughs> about this situation. I like Christian Bale. Okay, okay. I like him too. But this wasn't really meant to be a personal attack on Christian Bale. He's an amazing actor. He is. <laughs>
1: is he going to have to transform his body for this role?
2: I don't think so. I think he just needs to be like um, be a gentlemanly detective. So no, I don't think he's going to have to. I hope he doesn't, but I, he will do an amazing job. I don't know who's playing Poe, but... Because
1: he likes to do uh, different
2: Well, yeah, the, like the nice mechanic. Wigs, was yeah. that the name of it? The mechanic or when he lost all that yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was scary. Liz, what do you got? Not well,
3: well, yeah, <laughs> The Nightingale by Kristen and Hannah. That's being made into a movie.
2: I
0: think December of this year. Right. because the Ooh, okay, it And
3: be- a lot
2: of spect- a
3: book clubs will be watching that. Oh, because I- that was a really popular book. Well,
2: Firefly Lane is on next. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was going to go with a sci-fi series,
0: but I tend to be a rom-com lover. I think would be really great is Get a Life, Chloe Brown. Uh, It's had a lot of hype around it, it's got a lot of snarkiness, it is uh, basically a dislike to love romance with a woman and kind of like the maintenance
2: guy in her building and he always catches her doing like really weird things so then she just is so mean to him. But it's so good and the chemistry is great. I'll
1: just choose one of the many that I'd like to see realized (laughs) Um, and that was actually tried before as a single movie, The Dark Tower. Mm-hmm. This is the um the book series by Stephen King. It's like eight books now.
2: It's very yes. Yeah,
1: very uh involved. Very um the movie was not good for a lot of reasons.
2: I never watched it. Don't <laughs> um
1: Asra's Elbow is a really good casting choice. Yeah
2: I I liked the ca- yeah. But,
1: but the Matthew McConaughey is not really what I had in mind. Yeah, he's not like really sinister. Kind
2: of <laughs> sure.
1: Yeah. yeah. But he's supposed to be charming. I guess that's what they, they lean too heavy on that. Um, so we are supposed to get a TV series that was dropped by Amazon last year. But I'd like to see uh, HBO pick it up and do it with um, Mike Flanagan, who did Doctor Sleep.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Um, and Gerald's Game. So those are two uh, King adaptations. I Gerald's that, Game. Yeah. He did really well with those. Also, Frank Darabont should get involved. He did Shawshank and The Green Mile and The Mist, which are, you know, three of the best.
2: They are good. We're agreeing right now. Yeah,
1: uh, <laughs> Yeah, this is just the first yes. page. <laughs> first topic. Um, I also would like to see it maybe as an anthology series, because each book is kind of different. has a different setting. I mean, it's kind of all over the place, you know, like the uh, um, Concepts and you know, worlds they visit are pretty strange, and um, I like to see maybe uh, animated violence can get cartoonish at some points, and they have, there's a you know there's a talking train and.
2: Oh, what good film and book series does not
1: have a talking yeah. dream? Um, I'd like to see uh, the Jack Reacher series done uh, and recast it without mm-hmm. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is completely wrong for that role. I think we agree on that,
2: my friend.
1: Uh, Michael Shannon would make a great Jack Reacher, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got the personality, I think, mm-hmm. and the uh, height, certainly. Okay. Uh, one more. I want to throw in David Venture work and work in returning to make the social network too. Uh, they made the first movie in two thousand nine and a whole hell of a lot has happened for uh, in the Facebook world since that movie was made. Did you
2: like the casting of Absolutely. the original one? Absolutely. I thought it was really well done at one. Point.
1: I like to see them return um, and do the you know the ensuing story uh-huh. about how Facebook is news coverage. They, let's say to say the least, yes. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah I, I love the
2: casting I, I am not on social media I've never been doing Facebook and I love that movie.
1: Yeah. I mean it's a great story that doesn't require you to care about like boards and yeah. uh, social media. And
2: Heisenberg's um, great.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, he's because he's so disdainful, but you feel for him at yeah. times because he's so uh, like not reading the room oh, yeah. at all.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, or chooses not to read the room. And
2: poor Army Hammer, which is a whole other stormy story, so nice. but he has the wink of eye.
1: They have right. to. They probably have to recast that.
2: I mean, they would, unfortunately, yeah. but he was great. Right, Winkleby twins, you got to admit. That.
1: So they could do that because the the guy, you know, there was originally um, the Winkle
2: Boss, which he called the Bye, right. which I enjoyed tremendously.
1: They had to. Um, they had to cast two guys originally who played twins, hmm. and then um, they decided they couldn't do it convincingly. So what they had to do was. The guy who was originally cast as the other twin okay. would shoot all the scenes and then they had Army Hammer do the scenes again and then they just grafted Army Hammer's scenes, or his face onto that guy's head. Okay. So he's acting against himself. The guy who originally was cast as the other one could play in this. Oh, movie. he could play the
2: lead.
1: Okay, what do you look for in a successful movie or series adaptation of a book? Does it need to be completely faithful to the source? For you to appreciate it,
2: I mean, uh, I do have some pet peeves with that, but I think for me anymore, it's does it capture the essence of the story? Because there are, like, Game of Thrones is a hot button one because they did divert a couple very important storylines from the book, but if you're in the middle of the series and the author hasn't finished it, you have to do what you have to do to move the story along. And I think the essence of the story was like preserved there. So, for me, if the essence is there, I like it. If it isn't, then I don't. Because a lot of books, there's just no way. You can't do every single thing. Right. And, which is why I say if you really like something, then come back and read the book, because you'll get back stories and things that you're not getting. But, like, I just want the essence of the story there. Yeah, I don't think it has to be faithful. It just has to have a generally the same storyline. Mm-hmm. I mean. And the characters have to be themselves. Yeah, I don't like when they like
0: recreate a character or their personality to fit kind of the narrative of the movie. I want that character to be the character that I liked in the book. I'm much a much more character-driven person than story. So most of the time it comes down to
2: more of the, the characteristics I think of the people than the actual story for me. Well because you attach to the characters and when they change them it's very... Personally offensive. Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm like
0: that. Isn't that isn't the choice?
2: They
3: They wouldn't do that. Like yeah. I like it to stay true to the story, but acting also has a lot to do with it. Like, do they have the right actor playing that part? Mm -hmm. Can they pull that part off? Um, Lovely Bones was a book that I really liked and suggested. But what the heck
2: was Mark Wahlberg doing in that movie? (laughs) It was a disaster. It was like what?
3: Yeah, it just.
2: What was he doing in that film? Was I mean, it was awful.
3: That's what I'm saying. You have to pair up the actor with the part. Yes, yeah. I really the character that. you have to. They have to be able to pull that character off.
2: Personally, I like Mr. Wahlberg's acting, but not in that. So that is a very good thick list.
1: Excellent. Like I said, Ryan Gosling would have done it Oh yeah.
2: Well, Ryan Gosling does a lot of things matter.
1: I would just say more or less what you guys uh, already expressed. That I think that the um, if you try to capture the essence of it. You've done a good job. I've come to peace with the fact that um, you know there's always going to be the book. If you don't like the movie, it's not going to ruin the book for you. Uh, can always go back and appreciate what you uh, experienced the first time you read the book. And um, the movie's a separate thing. You, know, you can't expect them to be uh, copies of one another. And I think oftentimes when they try to do that, they fail miserably. So, um, you know, I, I think that I'm not like a expert on it. My life doesn't ruin when I see a bad adaptation of a book that I love.
2: I mean mine's ruined for a little bit, but you gotta keep it in in cost. Because <laughs> I just gotta distance myself a little afterwards.
1: Yeah. But yeah. things get readapted so Frequently now, but mm-hmm. if it's bad the first time, they probably will reboot it in a couple of years. Yeah. Another service or whatever.
2: Yeah, it's true. I mean, just for a little bit of this, like, oh, why? And yeah. who said that yeah. was good? Bad adaptations are really great conversation starters. Cool. Amongst other fans. That's a very good way to look at it. <laughs> it can be a bonding moment. Yeah.
1: Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. It can strengthen your book discussion.
2: You know. yeah. And who doesn't want to own that skill? <laughs> yeah.
1: The next one I think we have some strong feelings about. People say constantly that the, the book is always better than the movie Hear that, that all day long at the library. What are some examples that prove that it isn't always the case?
2: Lord of the Rings. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't not, and I love Tolkien, and I love the whole thing, but like, the movies, well, okay, so please, I love Tolkien, I love him, but he can spend 42 pages on one small detail of something. It's extremely bogged down with details, and it's, I mean, battles go for hundreds of pages, and you forgot what happened 20 pages ago, because... We're talking about what kind of weed the hobbits are currently smoking so yeah so i think for me the movies just and they got the essence of everything i think he would have been pleased as could be with those movies so yes i mean things i mean i i always tend to say the book is better because i just love books so much but that isn't necessarily the case and i also think that's in the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. like that would be what they think about it I have seen some books that I love very much, like, just what in the world happened there. But then I've seen some great things done.
1: The Hobbit movie, that's one that I actually wanted to talk about in the first part. But, um, you know, it's, it was such a disappointment for me because yeah, me I love too. i love The Hobbit. I read that first, first mm-hmm. before The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It is completely different than The Lord of the Rings. It is a children's tale yes. that had, had been retrofitted by Tolkien to include some of the Stepping stones for the Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. but when they adapted it, it was first going to go to Guillermo del Toro, who had, um, oh, that's done, interesting, had just done Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, I love
2: Pan Labyrinth.
1: Yeah, so he had a firm grip on the fantastical, and he spent 18 months in New Zealand getting prepared.
2: Mm-hmm. Funding
1: didn't come through; had to drop out. So Peter Jackson came back. The Weinstein's were involved.
2: Oh, there you go.
1: They wanted three movies. Because they wanted to,
2: get re- more money. They wanted to
1: recapture the magic of the Lord yeah. of the Rings, which made a lot of money for everybody.
2: Which will never happen again.
1: They yeah. added so much stuff to the Hobbit that yes. to pad it out in romantic subplots that were not in the book.
2: That didn't
1: make any sense. That didn't make any sense <laughs> well, it or, was bad. You know, it the, was
2: flat out bad.
1: It was bad, and and I know there's it has some defenders out there because it. I think the only reason people still enjoy it is because it resembles the Lord of the Rings. yeah, that's it. But I cannot watch them. No. Because there's... St-
2: I gave up, I have not watched the full whatever. Yeah. I gave up. And what about Game of Thrones, Then Did you read all of the books? Of course. I started reading them before everybody else did. Might I ask. What? And so... Just, did you get come- that? Do not make me go over there, Shane, cause I will. That If you didn't get the memo, I'm heaven-trendy. Go ahead. But didn't that deviate a bit from the book? Well, yeah, but the problem was he wasn't finished. Right. Not even close to being finished. And they had to do something. Now, I don't love, as somebody who loved the book, I don't love a couple of the choices. Mm -hmm. But at that point, you can't parcel it. And in the history of the world, he has an opportunity, which I don't think he's ever going to finish. But if he does, he has an opportunity to get full feedback on what happened and then correct it in writing, which has Mm -hmm. never happened before with something that but the last time I saw any evidence of him, he was in some kind of inflated bubble running down a road somewhere. In the bubble.
1: He just announced so, there's going to be another uh, book by his, like one of his early books, going to be adapted to uh, a film by Gore Verbinski. He did The Ring uh-huh. and uh, Ringo.
2: So it looks like he's really paying attention to finishing The Gamer Draftsman. <laughs> so
1: he's still committed to his uh, live journal.
2: He's committing to making me upset. I
1: mean,
3: we watched it. My husband and I watched the whole thing. Yeah. We just couldn't wait for it to start. I liked the interview,
2: oh, quite frankly.
1: Uh, there's a lot, again, here that I could get into, but I'll spare everyone, <laughs> and just focus on uh, a couple. Um, one of my favorite movies is Blade Runner, um, and it's based on the Philip K. Dick book, uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? It's a 1982 sci-fi film. Um, Sorry, Harrison Ford is Deckard, an ex-cop who has to hunt down and retire rogue replicates, which are synthetic humans. Um, the, the movie takes the basics of the novel but shreds a lot of the extraneous detail and really creates the most, for my money, the most memorable sci-fi world. I think the best way to describe it is tech noir, where it looks sign uh, looks like the future, but it is very familiar as someone who's seen a like a noir movie from the forties or fifties, before it introduces sort of moral ambiguity and a lack of clarity for the character Deckard, whereas in the book he's more of like an office drone. And the book is trying to say, in the future, you're going to be really bored and try to look for anything to pass the time when the world. Yeah, when anything, when the world's gone to hell. So in the book, he just wants to kill the replicants to get enough money to buy a pet, oh. because the pet. You know, animal life has been wiped off the earth because of the nuclear fallout, so pets are like a commodity. Um, so um, that's really his motivation in the book, but the film uh, gives him more of a cynical, noir-detective personality that makes his journey throughout the film more impactful. And in the book, the uh, replicants that he's tasked with hunting down are described as really nothing more than psychopaths, they're incapable of empathy. Um, so what the movie does is it gives the replicants the motivation. They're searching for more life and coming to terms with the universal fear of the unknown. So um, for me, apart from being a really good uh, sci-fi action movie, it really challenges the viewer with sort of philosophical questions about like what real life is. When humans are able to create artificial humans who are capable of emotion, uh, like hate, love, fear, anger, and envy. So the movie is credited with with kicking off the cyberpunk genre, and it's depiction of dystopian L.A. where it's constantly raining and only, the only natural light you actually see is from hovering billboards, which are trying to tempt the populace to move off-world, because, you know, the earth is such a hellhole. Mm-hmm. Um, so that sort of mood is contrasted with the um, humanistic behavior being uh exhibited by the androids or so the replicants, um and i love that contrast in that movie and the, the book does not have that it has a lot of those concepts that are kind of clunkily described mm-hmm. so blade runner um, is definitely an improvement of the book for me there's
0: one i haven't watched but i've heard uh fight club the movie is much better than the book. It is. I
2: mean it would be, it's a pretty good movie. I've never read the book but that would be like Ed Norton, Brad Pitt, like it would be hard, Helen Von Carter, I love everything about the sentence I just said. So <laughs> yeah. It would be hard but I've never read the book so I couldn't say but yeah. yeah I'm assuming that it would be just because it is such a cult classic. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. for a reason. The book is a little
0: interesting so I can only
2: imagine. Oh, you've never seen the film? No, I have not seen the movie. But you've read the book. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, that's interesting. I should yeah. read because the book isn't long, is it? It's pretty mm-hmm. short. No. Just um, to see. It's
0: just that Chuck Palahniuk is such a interesting writer. He's a very specific taste. Yeah. He pushes the boundaries. I've never but read anything much as awesome. so
2: your first Chuck Palahniuk will be your favorite Chuck Palahniuk, And then everything else is just weird. So maybe I would just do Fight Club. Just to get the well,
1: because I've seen yeah. the movie a million times and I love it. So Choke is a good
2: one to start with. I I know, and, um, yeah, I'm, I know nothing about Invisible it, Monster,
1: That's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, Fight Club's a great great improvement of the book, I think. I think it makes it more exciting, like the editing and
2: the Does a better job at
1: depicting yeah. what That's very good ethic. Yeah. <laughs> do you wanna talk about the shining here?
2: I mean, Shane. But I will get upset because you have to represent the act, Stephen King's actual point.
1: I think that the my fundamental belief is that you don't have to do that. It's
2: my <laughs> fundamental belief is that you do, Shane. <laughs> don't leave my Stephen's point of view out. Look, I'll just say quickly. My Stephen, so, That was the first movie he auctioned. But it's the first movie for sure that he signed over complete control to right. work and then so his fundamental point as i understand it was it wasn't a good experience first of all second of all like the changes mm-hmm. and second of all he really seemed to have fundamental issues with the progression of the jack tarns character because it changes his fundamental message of the story do i think the shining movie is better than the book I will never answer that question. Well, we need to know! No. We no. Need, no. need to know!
1: Well, that, I, I firmly believe it is. And it's been many years since I've You
2: and a million other people.
1: But I think that the real reason is because, believe, and I've talked about this before, but I think that the um, mystery of the movie makes it better. I think that the book explains too much. I think it explains too much about The Shining. I think it explains too much about The Hotel.
2: Well, I'm sorry. Too much, too much good writing.
1: No, not good writing. Just over, <laughs> over explaining. Um, the, the movie is a lot more effective for me because it is mysterious. You don't know what The Shining is.
2: It's scary. It's,
1: it's scary. As i get out. Right. Um, the Jack Nicholson or Jack Torrance character arc doesn't bother me because I think it's trying to do something different with him. Without
2: what we're gonna say. He, he played it crazy from the first frame he
1: belongs at the hotel he's There's a bad guy no
2: progression
1: he's a bad guy that belongs at the hotel and i wouldn't
2: say he's a bad guy he's troubled and misunderstood
1: no i think he's bad
2: he's not he's a he is a truck the thing about the book that gets across that the movie doesn't is the fact that he does fundamentally love his family and he does desperately want to be a better man
1: i don't think that's scary Enough for the movie for the uh, story. I think the scary part is that he is bad, and the hotel knows that he's bad, and he's. The hotel the ho-
2: knows he's weak.
1: The hotel's trying to draw him back into the world because of the hotel. he's
2: a weak man, but he does love his family, and he does turn. He does turn out being a jerk base. but yeah, he played him crazy from the get go.
1: I really appreciated that part, and I think that the tone of the movie. Uh, is so incredible. With the I mean,
2: it is. I'm not gonna. I, it's been on my top ten lists before. I'm not gonna say it isn't. But I do understand where Stephen King is coming from. And I do. To me, the personal struggle of like a weak man who's made some really bad choices, but still fundamentally that struggle of him loving his family is for me the launching point for the rest. Movie is so, the movie is fantastic. Like, who would say it wasn't? Like, the opening sequence is the best opening sequence maybe of any movie. It's yeah. close. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, and, and if you think about the time when it was made, I mean, it was, there was nothing, nothing like that. I mean, it was crazy.
1: Horror was in a bad place when that movie came
2: out. Really bad. Like, that's the first intelligent, I mean, it takes you on, like, it's not just jump scares. Right. It takes you on a whole journey. Right. And it could go either way. You don't know how it's gonna go.
1: The jump scares are from the titles launching at you. Remember when they do the uh, yes. the day progression is, is
2: yes, cool. yeah. and it does that. So yeah. the blood in the elevator, the creepy twins—it's all of it.
1: And it's not explained. Why? The, no. Why is there blood coming down the elevator? Because it makes sense for the story. You don't have to explain it. I mean,
2: I could explain it, but nobody—people are tired of hearing me talk already. So this <laughs> hey,
3: maybe scare me. Who's <laughs> literally? Who's? Stephen Who's King, the only one I've ever watched the whole way through is The Shawshank Redemption.
2: It's
3: scary. Yeah, I don't like I had
2: to stop watching. coo That's nothing. Yeah.
3: I'm sorry. When you, a dog acts like that, I just scared me to death.
2: Oh. <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm sorry. But I mean, Stephen King does things like The Shawshank Redemption, The Green Mile, Hearts in Atlanta, Stand By Me, things that people don't like. The One of the best stories I've ever heard him tell, he was in, he was in like a A market or something in this town and a lady who was in there was talking to him and she pointed to i think it was the green mile and said why can't you write things like that and then after doing he was
0: like but i did write it so as you can see we feel very passionate about books and movies join us next time for part two as we continue to talk about more great books and adaptations Thank you for joining us for Let's Get Lit. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. If you have any questions, suggestions, or want recommendations, please contact us either in the comments section by giving us a call or by emailing us at lit at